Hello, welcome to episode four or five. I don't actually know what episode it's this four. is, to be it's honest. Four. Okay, it explains. <laughs> I am Dan. I'm joined by Matt. Dan. Hello. And the eponymous Kane. Glad to be here. Four episodes in, and I'm really enjoying myself here. Let's spill the beans. It really sounds like <laughs> we've got him hostage. We don't. <laughs> Dan, we have a fact. Apparently, Not a fact, yeah. it's just a thing Trump said. It, he factually said it. <laughs> Yeah, so I woke up the other morning feeling dreadful and the first thing I see when I pry open my eyes and look at my phone is a video of Donald Trump announcing that America is going to have a space force. <laughs> I mean, yeah, That's, that was exactly my reaction. It's really funny, but it's also like really, really cool. They can get a space oh army. Oh my god, he sounds like he's talking in a movie, for goodness sake. <laughs> I did think we might be in some kind of I think movie based reality. He might think he's in a movie. See, I read about the Space Force thing too, and I'm surprised it was news earlier this week, because he's actually been talking about this for a couple of months now. So in this latest bit about the Space Force, is that I need to open up a sixth branch of the military, the Space Force, because we need to assert American dominance in space. Does Stop he it. actually mean? have a branch of the military in space. Yeah. yeah, and he said it's for matters of national security, which, as I've said before, they're not getting attacked from space! <laughs> oh, it's gosh. not happening! The, the major irony of this thing is that we've got an administration who are strongly anti-intellectual, strongly anti-scientific in every way, but they like space force. This is the most scientific <laughs> endeavour ever! <laughs> yeah. You've got NASA and the Air Force must be like... Shit. And he's like, we need to bring jobs back to America. Like, no, it's in space. It's not America, you know? Do you really know how much money it will cost to, like, bring a space crew together and all that and then About, construct a whole spaceship that goes up more into money there. than America has. It's like, I don't know, like, eight years in the developing of it, isn't it? Hey, What's eight Where years? Where are you getting from? Wait, sorry. I, I, I'm just like... That's like a really arbitrary... I'm, I'm just assuming. How many, like, how many years does it take? To, You're close. It takes nine years to put together like, a space Create an Apollo mission, for example. How many years did that take? About four years, didn't it? Did Creating a Apollo mission. The, the Apollo mission. <laughs> yeah, Apollo. It's an Apollo mission. What is American dominance in space really? What's like going to space? Or See, you're going to get annoyed with me here. If it's possible, which granted, it almost certainly isn't possible due to money and because we can't do it, it would be a good idea. It's just another theatre of war you secure first. Um, what if the aliens come, Matt? What if Tom Cruise brings all his Scientologist alien paratrooper mates and invades? How will you feel then? Stupid. I'll, I'll, I'll. <laughs> the thing with the Space Force thing is that earlier this year, there was one day where Donald Trump said... Did you use dab? No, I was trying to like I very discreetly like cough, so it wasn't heard on the podcast, but now, full disclosure, <coughs> now you've outed me. There was uh, one 24-hour period, I think, in about maybe April, three, around about that time, where Donald Trump said three really dumb things in one day. Just he, three. He, he, well, he, he misspelled Marine Corps in, in a tweet. That, he spelled yeah. it like Corps. Like As opposed to C-O-R-E, yeah. right? He said, uh, these Mexicans who are coming over here, uh, they're mountain climbers, so they can get over the wall. Oh, for fuck's sake. And he also said that we need to do a space force. I think a space force would be really good. To quote him, space is a war-fighting domain. It's like he's seen, Jesus like, Star Wars man. and Battlestar Galactica and thought, Independence yes, Cylons, no, they're but coming. it's going to be. Yeah, but it isn't right be. now, and if it's it going... It will be, because he's making it so. True. I think he's referring to Independence Day now. What do you mean by that? 
Well, Independence Day, that's not like another Star Wars. It's about like the real life people in the real world. And it's, and it's not even about Sorry. galaxies, like big spaceships and all that. It's completely different. Wasn't Aliens like about to invade Earth the biggest and all that. Ever seen on film. And he's talking about space forces. So in Independence Day, there was like space forces and all that. You know Independence Day wasn't a documentary. Is that not how Independence Day was earned? In 1776. Yeah, the the I'm talking about White Will House. Smith, uh, Independence Day. He was there, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like, you know right between Franklin and Hancock. Liam Hemsworth and Hemsworth, they're resurgence. God. This kind of Space Force thing. thing. The thing is, as I said before, the Trump administration is strongly anti-scientific. They don't like facts and truth and things. So the only reason they can be doing this, and again, it is probably one of those ideas that Trump went Space Force, and then his advice of... Did he just say Space Force? Can we, can we do that? No. Uh, no one tell him, you know? John Kelly, his chief of staff, probably like... His Doug Stamper is probably like... Mr. President, no. <laughs> it really reminds me, sorry, a friend of mine who has lots of these invention ideas. I, I won't name names, but he'll suggest something to me. Let's say, you know, the cliche one is someone goes, let's do hoverboards, let's make hoverboards. And everyone goes, great, how? I don't know, that's for you to figure out. Like, that's exactly what Trump's doing. And it's uh, something I said yeah. to you in real life about his whole election promise thing is, if you compare it to like a someone who just gets hired to become a football manager, he comes in and goes, guys, we're going to win everything, 10-0, we're never going to lose a match, we're going to have more money than we've ever dreamed of, and everyone in the whole world is going to support us. Oh, amazing, wow, where do we sign? Like, you, you need to plan how it's going to happen. I mean, in my defence, I probably should have watched more about this Space Force thing, but the thing is, you know he's doing it, you know he said it because it's cool. Like, that. Yeah, not, not even like down with the kids' school, but like, Space Force. See, I thought I like miss imagined what he was on about with it. In my head, like he wanted like he wants space and shit. And then I thought, no, it's definitely not what he means, right? He means yeah. something else, surely. He means some sort of like global defence network thing. But oh no. no. He did say space is he the last arena like, of war. What? Who are you that. intending on fighting up there? <laughs> the <laughs> aliens when they come not the illegal aliens. Can I just Mexicans? add in my little uh, space Mexicans. <laughs> well, with Donald Trump, he's just trying to make it look America's better than every every other country in the world. That's well, why he's just saying all this stuff. Well, that's exactly it. He's making America great again. And arguably, yeah, exactly. if America had a space force, they would kind of like be the most impressive. But, right, but they... the rest of the world would go, them dickheads are up there. <laughs> so who are they actually fighting? Yeah, this is going to create a conflict now with other worlds. And like, oh, we, we're not cooperating with these Americans. When so, you said like, other worlds, what did you, you mean, mean by that? Did I say other worlds? Yeah, you did, yeah. Oh, I didn't realise that, actually. Flash, flash, flashback. This is going to create a conflict now with other worlds. Like, what did you mean? Do you mean the worlds that are in space? Or, or do you just mean other countries? Other countries, that's oh, yeah. what I meant. Okay. So, the, the weird thing about this is that when wars and things happen, you have to, like, travel across some land or across some water to the country where the war's happening or the war comes to you. It's, you know, it's all... So convenient. It's all, yeah. It's all on the same planet. Whereas, if he's wanting to do war with, like, other countries, they both have to go to, like, space to do war then come back and go we lost no I think he means to rain death and destruction down from unassailable spaceships you know what I think I think we should stop talking about space force now because it's going to go into like so much detail and it's like going to take years to develop now so it's going it, to I can confirm it will take at least 8 years it's going to like take many conversations about it non-stop non non-going okay uh, well if you want us to move on then we will move yeah. on it's very um, interesting actually but I think yeah let's just move on okay uh, for segment 2 I thought we'd um, you know we We've spoken about, you know, the Space Force and how quite cinematic that is. So let's talk about a recent venture to the cinema. Hereditary. The the new big deal type horror film thing. Dan, tell me about Hereditary. I thought it was really good. Oh uh, yeah, it's cool. It's a it is the Exorcist. But it's it's not the film I thought it was gonna be, which is cool. Now like the, the, the trailer's kind of 
lie to you a little bit in they, the kind of, the trailers are advertising a paranormal activity type film. As I've said, with a little girl. Trailers yeah. are made to trick you into seeing it. I, the, they're not I, made to trick you. They're not meant to deceive. They're, they're meant to just encourage you yeah. to but, go and see. Yeah, I know, but it can trick you sometimes. C certainly, the advertising for this film it says it's one film and it turns out to be another. But yeah. I don't feel deceived by that. You know, no, the, the, I would like, say with it's deceived. deceived I think I was expecting a schlocky shit paranormal activity film, and what you got is an odd kind of. It reminded me more of The Witch than The Exorcist or The Shining. Actually. Absolutely, In, very but much. But it was like kind of really slow. In fact, nothing happens for the first three quarters of that film. I mean, other I than kind of tension and. You're talking about paranormal activity. Nice no, talking about no. No. hereditary. <laughs> no. I mean, for, for me, it's mostly a drama. And what I like yeah. is, it's not a perfect film, but I like how it mostly breaks with certain things that have become conventions now. So, for instance, the jump scare thing. That is so kind of ingrained, especially in, in younger people now, that but when that it's silent, you're like, supposed to be. Yeah. you're like, is something happening? And then nothing does happen. And that is kind of tension in and of itself. But there's also... This one thing I noticed, and um, again, Kat, my gal damn, pointed it out, um, that when we saw Annabelle, there's a bit where something's happening in the foreground, and you see someone pass by in the background, and the music goes, da 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 Yeah. Um, Dan, <laughs> shit him. Shit me up. I don't do horror films. Clearly. <laughs> Not even talking about horror <laughs> films. And she said that, would that bit where the person passed by in the background not have been better if there wasn't a musical cue? Because the musical cue goes, oh, you did see something. Whereas in Hereditary, something like that yes. happens. Wait. Musicals. <laughs> so come alive. What is happening? You said musical, Matt. So I thought I'd just do the demonstration of musical. He was on about a musical cue, but... This is the greatest no. show. No, no stop That's, it. Is that the most famous musical you know? Well, not the most famous musical. I mean, it's very famous of 2018, The Greatest Showman. <laughs> I admit that. I All right. you were the greatest showman. Because that film's bullshit, because it says it's Hugh Jackman, doesn't it? Yeah. I guess I am the greatest showman you, you now. I think you should have a fight with Hugh Jackman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can, make, I can do an impression of Wolverine. So no, like, but we're not... Can we, 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 we talk about no, 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 not doing it now. Let's just... That could anyway, be a bonus segment. That will be Caleb uh, Cup Anyway, Matt, continue what you're so, saying, though. We'll get, uh, <laughs> I can't remember what you were saying. Something about lack of musical cues. Oh, yeah. So, there's something that passes by in the background, or there's like a shadowy figure in, in a shadow, surprisingly, or there's like a shirt that goes flying or something. Yeah, and, but, the, but that. That, and it's, it's less shit than that. <laughs> and, it's, and the music doesn't go da 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 da. You know, just. And because there's no musical cue, you yeah. go, did I see that? And that is really good stuff. You know, there's this creeping sense of uh, dread. Dread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's just analog dread, and the dread is there because there's kind of like a sense of inevitability to it. Like, oh, this isn't going well. Like, even if dirt and dirt come out alive over this thing, they're not the same. This isn't going to be happy. It is when people come in, they want to see it, and I say it's mostly not a horror film. No. You know, because I don't want people going that was shit because it was slow and it because it was it's mostly dramatic. Because I think I don't want people coming in at the wrong. I know, I just don't want people being disappointed with it because it is good and it is tense and it is horrific towards the end. Can yeah. I share my response? Oh, yeah, sorry, I've been yeah, monopolising yeah, the show, yeah. Well, what I thought from the poster, it just kind of looked like something, oh, what you see in a dollhouse. Which I think leans towards the sense of inevitability to it, though, because the film starts with the zooming into the dollhouse thing, there's a sense of external forces. Yeah, that is like so weird. It just kind of reminds me of a scene from The Shining. Like, Jack Nicholson looks down on the uh, modelled uh, maze in the hotel and then he sees his wife and son walking around it. But 
Instead, it, that's actually a really, really, really good comparison. Yeah, that, yeah. that's but quite sound. Actually, it's the camera that is zooming in onto the per the people in that yeah, dollhouse. Well. So it's like there's like something going on. In, well, the film itself. Well, she uh, has a hobby with dollhouses. What I thought was the dollhouse. Oh, we're kind of making a horror show about a dollhouse now. That makes it so interesting. What's interesting about that? That's a conversation you, with you, himself. I'm so lost. Using like a dollhouse as a reference for a horror movie, that's what makes it but, sound so kiddy. But, and... <laughs> Dan, do you want to... I like the dollhouse thing because the dollhouse thing was sort of like the MacGuffin. Like, the film starts off, it sort of zooms into a room. I'm not like a dollhouse in the middle. And then that room sort of morphs, but you don't even notice the morph. It goes from the dollhouse to the actual shot of the room the dude walks in. You mean a match cut? No, it's more no. like it's in the shot. Yeah. I mean, what I can say is, I didn't. I did enjoy the film, but it had some story uh, complexity to it. Like it, it, it was designed like to make you think about it. It certainly is a thinking man's horror film. Mm -hmm. And what I did mean, it make you think? I don't know. Like it's a difference between the dollhouse and what's going on between the characters as well. So right, but what did it make you think? Not what's it about. What, what did you think about it? Because obviously a lot of people came out of it like, oh, a lot of people came out like. It was, oh, that it was something to do with that title call before the film's opening, like about her mother passing away, and there's something like illusions or something. Is she Job from Arrested Development? <laughs> They're called illusions. <laughs> <laughs> In my opinion, I enjoyed A Quiet Place more than this film. I haven't seen a quiet place. I haven't seen it. It is, it is very yeah. good. Because okay. they use sign language in this one, and that's what makes it like a perfect kind of horror film. In, in Hereditary? In those, I'm no, not. in a quiet place. Oh, okay. What do you make, because I think this is the bit that kind of turns people off the very ending. That is very uh, confusing. Like, what the hell? Is he now dead now after sort of running through a window and then just falling flat on the ground? What do you take that ending to mean? And ask you about that as well. Like he's been taken by the demons and now he's in a world of so he's he's now one of them. Okay that's not far off. Dan what do you make of the ending? I actually didn't like the ending that much. I think mm. it was too much of this is actually what's going on. That's why I say confusing. I'd, uh, I'd say the opposite. I'd say the ending goes no no he was like a puppet and they were gonna bring back Paimon. What I like about this, The Witch and The Babadook, and to extend The Shining, is that for a lot of the film, you're like, are they going, going crazy? Yeah. Or is it supernatural? And then this one goes, it's supernatural. Yeah. Mm. And um, it's such a definitive ending as well. Like, oh, no, no, they killed the little girl off because she is the reincarnation of Hyman, but he needs a human male host. And it's also unnecessarily confusing when we put it all together. What I like about it is that it is fairly cohesive, because when you get the mother talking about, oh, you know, my mum was very insistent that I have a son, and that sort of thing, you go, no, no, no. I thought the ending was... I, I don't know what it is about it, but I guess it was like the, the relative stillness of it, even the relative quietness that of was bits cool. as well. That was cool, all looking around, and, and for the couple of scenes beforehand, it was... Well, that's the point where it goes like balls to the wall action, I guess. Yeah, it's just loud, just screaming, yeah. and then you've got this kind of ethereal... I guess, um, I guess that's what I like through the whole film, then. What would you like? When he discovers that his father's dead and then he just goes running through the house upstairs and then his mother's chasing him. Oh my god. I tell you what, that bit when she's chasing him and then she's banging her head against the ceiling, that is, that is freaky, iconic. Right? Yeah. That is a bit scary. It's like banging her against the wall and you smash your face open. <laughs> I do that anyway. I was saying, like, oh my god, it's like bashing your head uh, against a, uh, like some wooden plank. It's like bashing your face open. It's like going bum 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 bum. Yeah, you smash your face open and blood splats everywhere.
And why, why do you think that's meant to be scary or uh, unsettling? It kind of reminded me of the spider walk scene from The Exorcist. Sorry, as you are. Yeah, because it's very unusual for someone just to do that. Like, it is very unusual for someone to climb on the ceiling and bash their head against I've the ceiling. I've only seen it about three it times. It is a bit last yeah. week. Mainly on the M1 when there's traffic. But I'm sure the makers knew what they were doing anyway. I w that is the least I expect of them. Um, <laughs> so so let's, let's give it a brief rating and then we'll move on to the next thing. So, out of ten, Adam. Uh, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Dan. I'll give it like a seven and a half. I don't know if I can give it an eight. I'm gonna give it a light eight. That's an average score of seven and a half. Probably about fair. I think The Witch was a like strong eight, eight and a half. Yeah. But we've really got to move on to the next thing, which is uh, Adam. Your fact about uh, what is your fact about? Well, it was, um, I've been wanting to do this for a while, like Las Vegas' biggest hotel is Caesar's Palace, of course. Unless you know that, or if you if you don't know that. No, this, I'm here to learn. <laughs> yep, so it ranges from like six towers, it's what I researched a few weeks ago, so it's like called Augustus, Octavius. Then the fourth one is called Colosseum. So the Colosseum is actually a theatre, and I thought, oh my god, yeah, it was so cool over there. The theatre looked like, like, I don't know, probably from its biggest point of view, really, but I never went to see a show there, of course. Okay, just, sorry, quick question, because I do want to rein this in a bit. You said you had a fact about Vegas, and so far you've given us essentially a review of Vegas. So what's your fact about it? Yeah, I was just saying about the Colosseum, but I will tell you a bit more facts, like the forum shops, like it's the biggest shopping mall in Vegas, and it was just, that was so cool as well. And okay, but what's... Alright, oh, okay. Alright, Matt. So like, the fact is, it's just like another one of those China in the Chocolate Factory places, really, but it's not, it's, it's not like chocolate, it's, it's just pure entertainment. debauchery. It's influencing from like Roman ages. Would you say, with that in mind, with the Roman influence and the decadence, it's perhaps a trifle back an alien? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, irrelevant. So what do you mean about, about like going in with complexity words and phrases? Like, Go, spare me that. Did you say going in with complexity words and phrases? <laughs> That's not He always sense. gives it everything he's got when he goes in. Oh, I know, yeah. you give it everything you got, don't you? Oh yeah, go hard or Jesus. go home. Do we have any questions about blah, 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 Vegas? Because this is the big one for which you've been waiting at. Yeah, it's because, well, when I went to Vegas, it was like I was um, in a different world, and when I came back to Britain, I was gutted. T tell me about that. Why were you gutted when you came back to the UK also? Because Vegas just, it felt like a different place. Well, America's, well, dreams of palaces, really. Because mm -hmm. it's big replicas of buildings that have been like you know named after uh, actual cities itself around the world. Caesar's Palace has like its kind of title to it because if it's the biggest hotel in the world, then of course it has that kind of name to it. Do you think Caesar stayed there? No, because he died a million years ago. A, mil a million? <laughs> no, Caesar's Palace was constructed many years after Julius Caesar. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, even the original like, Caesar's Palace was constructed It was just influenced after. by it, as I said. Like, Julius Caesar's been dead for millions of years. It was just inspired <laughs> for it. Okay, so what, fair, I, what... I did hear he had a pet T-Rex. Okay, so. what died first? Julius Caesar or the dinosaurs? Dinosaurs. Okay, and then what died first? Jesus or Julius Caesar? Mm. Jesus. He died first. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, okay, fine. Um, so, a, a question about Vegas, and just in your experience there, you said there were lots of places named for or inspired by places all around the world. Yeah. And it's kind of the entertainment capital of the world as well. Of course um, it is, yeah. what, what do you make of that? Because it's kind of a pastiche of a load of different places. Does it feel kind of fake? Because obviously it isn't Rome. No, no, no. It's a big casino uh, city. I think the outskirts, it does feel kind of fake when you're looking at that. But once you're in the strip itself, you are feeling like you're in a different kind of 
environment and atmosphere around you and there's like all kinds of culture and all that and that's what I uh, experienced during my travels over there. Yeah. It just felt humongous and it was really creativity over there. It was, okay, cool. So you had a bloody good time in Vegas? It was spectacular. And so I've got one more question about Vegas. Yep. Do they have like a Big Ben casino there? That's a genuine question. A is, big is what? A Big Ben. A big thing. Is there like a Houses of Parliament thingy there? No. No, no, no. They're not having one of them. No, because no, they, they have, they the have an Eiffel Tower. Uh, that's almost like Big Ben, but one country. Mm. Yeah, they don't, have, they don't have a Big Ben. They're, they don't have any like replica building so from London. Cool. Well, we've got to we've got to really move on to the next thing, um, yeah, and the final segment, do. the final segment of this week's Ken explains. This is Would You Rather. So if you're ever alive in the past, you know how this game goes. So today's question is: Would you rather be fluent in every language or a virtuoso in every instrument? Dan Sabiri, because you're not musical. I mean, thank you for just shitting all over me there, but fine. <laughs> definitely, definitely be the best at every instrument. Think of the monetization you could get out of that. That's my only uh, motivation behind that. From an arrogant English perspective, a lot of people speak English already, thus rendering it semi-redundant if you don't want to go live in like the middle of Laos or something. True, but then if you go to any of the southern states where a lot of people speak Spanish, probably good for you to speak I mean, speak I can Spanish. already speak a fair bit of Spanish yeah, anyway, no, but, to be honest. But, but I guess the assumption is, is, here is, is if you know every instrument, then you only know one language, I think, is the... The caveat here. You're right, you know, English is kind of like the world diplomatic language, sort of, but fine, fuck it. Okay, so every instrument for the monetization, for the keys. But then that. you're not really musical now, so would you be inspired to be musical because you'd be really good at it? That's my question. As in, what are the parameters of this? Am I just like a tool who can play the instruments, or do I like intrinsically have music that's like proper good? Say so you're like Prince, you're really musical and you're really good, to, and you can come up with music as well as just play other people's. Well, then I would be musical intrinsically, wouldn't I? I guess so. All right, Dan. Uh, I go for the languages. Uh, languages sort of they fascinate me, but like I can't speak another language. I can't get my head around working out another language. I remember struggling in a school with French because everything someone said, I'd have to translate. In my head to English and then back into French again. But apparently that's what foreign people do. They think of it in, I mean, you know. True. But then I think if you're like dual-lingual, you'd kind of know them both. Like, the, I used to work with someone who was Italian, could speak to us in English and her mum in Italian, like one sentence at a time back and forth. And I don't think he translated back. I think she just knew the words. And it's like having another language in her head to just kind of spout out. I think I'd love to do that. I, I'd go for the languages thing as well, even as a music person. You can imagine it being more internationally useful. Like, yeah, you, you can argue that music is a language that kind of everybody understands. But to actually have a means of not just speaking those languages with other people, but understanding other people who will probably never learn English or don't know. For instance, Northerners. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't mean that. I, I think that'd be I think that'd be super cool, just to know other languages. Because that, that means you can go on holiday anyway. I know I don't like going on holiday, but it means you go on holiday anywhere. Because <laughs> you don't like going on holiday, dude. Because I don't. Um, a lot of arguments against she doesn't like the sun. Yeah, it's, but it's just, it would be cool. I mean, think of all the, you know, potential job opportunities. I know you can say, well, if you know every instrument, you'll never have to work a day in your life. You still have to get on a plane and go do gigging in You're Malaysia. You're talking about, that's talking that. about multiple hotel rooms. You could go to Caesar's Palace and live out my wildest fantasies. <laughs> Surely that's good, though, what? if you're going all over the world to do gigs. 
you kind of sold that as a negative. What I mean is, is if you haven't travelled the world to do gigs and things, it still might behoove you to know the language of the place you're going to. Uh, or you you'll could have, just... You'll have minions to do it, it's fine. Yeah, that's... No, can I uh, explain my... Uh, oh yeah! It's like you forget about me for some reason, we that's why you're going, oh yeah, yeah! yeah. I'd go with instrument. Okay. Because languages is like everyday conversation. Yes. If you have an instrument, you design something brand new every single day, and everyone likes brand new stuff every day. I think I see yeah. what you're getting at. Sort of, yeah, but... You so can create like, music you can't create with a language. You I mean, can. you can make a word of like... Even though that, that yeah. languages equals lyrics, different kind of lyrics, in every, like, song you're making, and, like, well, instruments, it's like you're, you're creating some sort of, like, new sound for it. Yeah? So, sorry, which one were you going for? You are going for the instruments Instruments, one. yeah. Instruments. Because, like, everyone's, like, talking about languages every single day, and then, like, everyone with music, it's just, um, yeah, no one talks about that all the time, do they? Have you not worked with me? I, I like the idea of being able to communicate with basically everyone. I think I think. I'm not saying, cool. like, take away languages away and don't just focus on instruments. Of course, languages are fine. It is important to learn languages. But I'm just saying I like instruments more, so. That's fair. Okay, well, we'll do a part B to this one. Yeah. For you who chose musics. Sure. What is the one instrument you'd love to be really good at? Oh, wow. Then. Got to be between guitar and piano, isn't it? I imagine they'd be the cliche ones. Are you saying you don't want to play the balalalaika? Balalalaika, no. You can sling it. <laughs> drums and guitar for me. Okay. Ooh, Why guitar or piano, Dan? Just because music I like involves guitars, mainly. Okay. And you? Drums, well, they create that loud, good beat, really. Okay. Depends how good you are at them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I guess you would be really good at them. And it's, like, yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you're like really going really fast on the drums. Boom, 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 like that. And then you're just going to do that. That was at least four beats a minute, yeah. Um, yeah, and then like with guitars, I mean, I like Stevie Wonder's um, guitar playing on uh, Superstition. Did he play the guitar? Good with me. He did, yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that. I wasn't and, uh, Stevie uh, Elvis Presley, he made some, some great new music from guitars as well. And at other bands, they've always like really done many good um, songs with their drums as well. So. But yeah. th think of the kind of social situations. If you compare, say, guitar to drums, you'd have like a more relaxed party or a, an after party thing. Exactly. No girls ever going to be like, Adam, why don't you play with the drums? And having you go... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not. With the guitar, it's, it, it lends itself there to is, situations, right. doesn't it? Guitar creates the more action, but guitar is more peaceful. Yes. In, in relation mm -hmm. to drums, certainly. I don't know, man. Have you listened to Devon Townsend Shred on. It just depends what kind of person I would be. I don't know. Uh, what would I be greater at? I mean, drums or guitar? Well, you get to pick. This is literally the whole yeah. choice. I know. It's just kind of. I'd rather be very outgoing. I'd rather just do the drums because then I'd be very manic on it. True, but then you'd be at the back. How about you do the drums? I'll do the guitar. Sorted. We've got a super band. Matt Excellent. I'll play triangle. What? Um, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be enjoying myself. I'll go on drums. Adam, it's a podcast. I can't <laughs> see you. <laughs> what you're doing. Yeah. I'll be just going. Dun, 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 dun. Again, they can't see what you're doing. You're yeah. just making noises. No, I know. I don't. Everyone can see it from like how I would just demonstrate it for them. <laughs> Everybody can see what you do on the podcast, yeah. Well, they probably could visualise it from what they listen to right now. So, okay. <laughs> well, uh, I just I just googled this on Superstition by Stephen Wonder. Uh, interesting fact, it's actually not Stephen, his real name is Steveland. Mm. Steveland? <laughs> <laughs> right, so on this track, uh, Steve Wonder played the uh, the clavinet, the drums, and the Moog bass, which I think is actually a synth thing rather than a okay. thing. Uh, right. It would appear that Steve Wonder didn't play the guitar. 
I tell you what, the first time I ever listened to that song and why I really liked it was from that opening scene of I Robot. Was. And that's what I really liked about that song. It was like, it sounded very in tune with that opening scene with Will Smith. It's like a wake up call. <laughs> he gets out of bed, he puts his radio on and then he eats his potato pie and then he, op he opens the bag of Converse's and he goes, thing of beauty. How many Converse's does he own? <laughs> I don't Converse. even know. Wait, <laughs> like, like a bag of crisps with Converse in it? No, I said open a bag of a box of Converse. I didn't say crisps. Oh, no, no one said you said Are you this. always mishearing me and this much? Oh, you also said potato pie. Yeah, potato pie it's what he ate in the film I don't think Will Smith's ever eaten that many carbs in his life it's probably just what he's asked to eat on the uh, film for goodness sake that is probably true <laughs> that is and on the subject true. things that are probably true it's also true that we have to end the, this week's show Oh. Uh, but we will be back next time with Hooray! another hilarious instalment thank you I look forward to that Great. Uh, yeah. Oh, 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 it will be. Always sincere. It will be. We've been Ken Explains Episode 5. Thanks for listening. Episode 4. Oh, yeah. No, it might be 5. Oh, no, it is 4. It is 4. four. Episode right, 4. Alright, good night. Cheers. Peace out.